0: Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hey, what's up Coastline Nights? The old guy's here today. How's it going? Right on. You know what's funny is I'm the old guy, and I'm talking about an old guy tonight. It's going to be awesome. We're going to look at the life of Caleb, one of these amazing heroes. A little understated, but you know, uh, you know, Pastor Lucas has been preaching, and and he's a really good preacher. And I I heard his message from a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you did. Did you preach it here, Pastor Lucas? Yeah, it's a great message. And my message may not be as good, but my title is better. Are you ready for this? Caleb the giant slayer. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Gonna to hear about the giant slayer. Anyway, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to preach tonight and I wanna thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's always so fun to be with Coastline Knights, and I'm, I'm just pumped on what God is doing in your life, and uh, these nights are really special, really important, and, and so, hey, just, just hold on because God's got something to say to you tonight, and one of the things I've been saying all day is that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share what God gave me, but I have this confidence that came from the Lord. I feel like it was a word from the Lord that just said, you know, Andy, you preach what I've given you, and you just trust me that I'm going to speak to people exactly where they're at. And so it may not even be exactly what I say, but it's what God wants to say to you tonight. Could you like kind of hold on to that idea? Could you be ready for that? Because it may be that tonight God really wants to speak directly to your heart um, in a very specific way. And so Caleb, the giant slayer. Well, One of the well known Old Testament heroes, since we're talking about heroes, is Joshua. And Joshua is really well known because he was the one who actually led the children of Israel into the promised land. Moses died and Joshua took over and he was the leader. But there was a guy right by his side, a a guy who was cut out of the same cloth, a guy who loved the plan and the promises of God as much as Joshua did. And his name was Caleb. And he's the guy that we're going to talk about tonight. Now, The interesting thing about Caleb is there's not a whole lot of verses about him. But any time Caleb is talked about, it says this phrase about him. He was wholly devoted to God. Wholly devoted to God. And so when we look at this great hero, Caleb, the one who supported Joshua, the one who did some really amazing exploits, the one who was a giant slayer, by the way. We're going to look at that in a little while. But Caleb's heroism is based in one Thing alone, his complete and total devotion to God. It's amazing that we would say his heroism is based in his devotion, but I think we have a lot to learn about this. And I hope that tonight I'm able to encourage you, and that you're going to learn with me as we look at Caleb. So let me give you the backstory. After being delivered from bondage in Egypt, the children of Israel um, are led by God to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, this was the promised land. It was the land that the Bible says was flowing with milk and honey, which is kind of a funny phrase, right? There's no rivers of milk, I promise, right? But the point was, is that it was this place that was so rich and so fruitful that it was like, man, you just turn around and there's something else, something else amazing. It was was the blessing and the reward of God for his people. And so God had promised that they would inherit this land. And so Moses chose 12, 12 scouts to go and look through the whole land. He chose one from every tribe, and he chose Caleb to represent the tribe of Judah, which by itself is quite interesting. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. So they went through the land. They went for 40 days, actually, and they looked over the whole of the land, and they came back, and they brought produce. They had these huge clusters of grapes, and they came back with sort of a good news, bad news kind of story. The good news was this. The land was certainly fruitful. The land was amazing. The land was rich, The land was producing all kinds of amazing fruit and vegetables, produce, fields, vineyards, olive groves, you know, the whole bit. Wells, all this stuff, beautiful houses, all this. So it was really good news, but the bad news was this. There were giants, they were warriors, and their cities were fortified. And so you kind of got this good news, bad news. And what really happened is that the spies came back and terrified the whole of the nation of Israel. They were terrified by the Canaanites' size and by their strength. And so 10 of the 12 said this. We read it in Numbers 13. We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. That doesn't sound like milk and honey anymore, does it? It's like this, like, Venus flytrap, right? It's just a devouring people, okay? And all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. Now, you got to understand, the Nephilim, there's sort of these, these historically ancient sort of evil superheroes from the past. If you go back into the beginning of the Bible, you'll see the Nephilim there, and they're kind of creepy, scary, weird people. And so now they're saying those creepy, scary, weird people are these giants, and they're in the land. And it says these are the descendants of Anak who've come from the Nephilim. So we're going to hear more about Anak in a little while. And here's what they said about themselves. It says, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Really? Did they tell you that? Do you say like, hey man, you're huge. Do I look like a grasshopper to you? Like where did this come from except from their own fear? From deep inside of them, they were afraid. And so listen, one of the first things you got to learn about Caleb is Caleb chose courage when others chose fear. And that's a pretty awesome and heroic trait. First or 2 Timothy tells us that, that there is in the world a spirit of fear. And you can see it. It's like all over this story. Like they're they're subject to the spirit of fear. But you know what's cool about Caleb is that Moses said, there's something different about Caleb. I love Caleb, and here's why. He has a different spirit. So the the whole group was plagued by the spirit of fear, but Caleb had a different spirit about him. He had a different spirit. He said, I don't buy into the grasshopper logic. He says, I buy in more to a promise of God kind of logic. Didn't God say this was our land? And he sort of rose up with a New Testament theme, like Romans 8 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, guys. He's saying, listen, listen. I'm gonna silence the murmuring and the fearful crowd. Here's my take on it. We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Numbers 13:30. We can certainly do it. Caleb was calling them. He was summoning them to grab hold of courage. Why? Because there will always be giants to slay, friends. Always. You're always gonna face something in life. You're always gonna have an obstacle and a challenge. You're always gonna have fears and obstacles that seem too great for you to defeat. And so if it's not these giants, if it's not this moment, it's the next, because there are always giants to slay. So come on, summon your courage, we can do this. And it's true for you too. Always be fears and obstacles. Always be things that seem too great for you. Between you and your greatest achievement is an obstacle. Always. There's always a giant to slay. So what do you do in those situations? Here's what you do. You base your courage on the past faithfulness of God and not on the ease of your current situation. Sometimes we go, man, oh, it's easy right now. It's good. God's good. Ooh, it's hard right now. Ooh, God's not good anymore. Is that really the storyline? Is it possible that between you and what God has for you, there is an obstacle? Why? So you can learn to trust him. So that you can walk with him. Because courage is so important. And Caleb shows us that you can choose courage when others choose fear. Caleb didn't say, I can do this. He said, we can do this. You know why? Because God can do this. And he was basing his courage on what God has done in the past. Caleb said, we can take this land. Why? Because I remember what God did. I remember when God brought us out of Egypt. Do you remember that? With all those like plagues and his mighty hand. And finally, the Egyptians were begging us to leave. Do you remember that? And then we got to the Red Sea. And remember what God did? He parted the Red Sea and we all went across. And then when we got across, he took care of our enemies as well. And then remember when we were trying to get here to the border of this land, and every day God put a cloud over us just to protect us from the heat and the sun, and every night there was a pillar of fire so we weren't in the darkness. Do you remember that? And do you remember when we were feeling so concerned about what we were going to eat, and all of a sudden God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to feed you every day with manna, and when you're so sick of it, I'm going to send you some quail as well. And do you remember we were thirsty? We didn't know what to do, and all of sudden, God brings water out of the rock. Man, if God can do that, he can certainly help us. We can choose courage rather than fear. We can do it. Let's go into the land. But unfortunately, the people ignored Caleb. And they listened to the other spies, the others whose report was so negative. And the Bible says that they were so afraid that they literally wept out loud all night. Man, that's pretty dramatic. They wept out loud all night, and you know what they said? Oh, if only we would have been killed by our slave masters in Egypt. That's what they said. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be to Caleb, to Joshua, to God? He's saying, can't you see what I've done? Do you not trust me even after what I've done between Egypt and here? Come on. And so, you know, we find this incredible story starting to take place. And God's response is, he's very angry. Very angry. In fact, he threatens to destroy them all. But Moses intercedes for them. He prays for them. And God says, okay, okay, I won't destroy them, but I'm gonna make a decree right now. I promise you this, not one of those who is fearful and faithless will enter the promised land. They will all perish in the wilderness. Only Caleb and Joshua will go in. That's actually incredibly profound. And what does it teach us? It proves that God doesn't honor faithlessness and fear, but God honors devotion. Devotion. Holy devoted. That's what it says of Caleb over and over again. He was wholly devoted. So, so Caleb chose courage when others chose fear. And along with his courage, Caleb had an undying faith in the promise of God. He believed. And so finally, let's fast forward. They do their 40 years of wandering, which isn't really important to my story tonight. There's a lot of story in that one. But they get back to the border. They cross over into the promised land. It's 40 years later, after 40 years in the wilderness. And, you know, I just want to say something to you guys. I think sometimes we can be guilty of looking at our problems and saying, what's the solution? I want you to know that sometimes there is a giant to slay, but I'll tell you this, a lot of your problems, God just calls you to outlast them. So Caleb was standing on the edge of the, you know, the The border of the promised land. He said, let's go in. And everybody said, no, 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 we don't want to go. We're afraid. So Caleb had to say goodbye to what was right in front of him. And for 40 years, he had to wrestle. He had to wrestle with the children of Israel in the wilderness, go through everything they went through. But you know what he did? He outlasted the problem and he did it with faith. He had an undying faith in the promise of God. He trusted God for those 40 years while while he was there in the wilderness with the people. But finally they had come to the land. And Caleb had never forgotten this land. He had dreamed about it day after day. He looked forward to getting back into the land that he had spied out so many years ago. And he, and you know what? He wanted to take the land. He wanted to take the land, and he had a specific piece of the land in mind, so he spoke to Joshua. And here's what the Bible says in Joshua 14.6. Caleb, son of Jep- Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? Okay, so that, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. His, like, his, like family name is funny. Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. I have to tell you about this, just because it's important. This is a very important piece of the puzzle, because I told you before that Caleb represented Judah as one of the 12 tribes and went into the Promised Land as one from Judah. But the truth is, he's not from Judah. He's a Kenizzite, And a Kenazite means that he is actually not an Israelite. He's either a Canaanite Or an idiomite. He is not an Israelite. That's a lot of ites, isn't it? But the point is this man, he was an outsider. He was an outsider. He wasn't even a true Israelite, like born and bred through and through. Yeah, maybe on his mom's side, but not on his dad's side. This is not an Israelite name but for some reason he was adopted in. Maybe it was because he was part of Esau's tribe and he got adopted in. Maybe it was because, you know, of Moses' father-in-law. We don't know exactly, but somehow he ended up a part of it. And and, and as an outsider, he became prominent within the nation. That's part of his heroism, and it's part of the story for you. Because a lot of you feel like, man, I didn't grow up in this thing. I don't have a deep faith. I haven't been around a long time. I maybe not know all the words, I don't know all the songs, I don't know all the Bible verses, and you would have a tendency to disqualify yourself. But listen, let me tell you, man, you might feel like an outsider, but God has a plan. And God can put you right in the middle of his will. So don't count yourself out, because Caleb was an outsider who made an incredible difference on the inside. So he said, hey, do you remember what Moses said? Moses said there was a piece of land for me that everywhere we went, when I was a spy, would be ours. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to, to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. There's that word. So on, the day Moses, so on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. There it is again. Now guys, this is so important. Listen to this. Caleb quoted Moses. Caleb quoted Moses and Moses quoted God. And Caleb for 40 years had rehearsed this promise. He had memorized it. And when the moment came, he probably had prepared his speech and he said, okay, Joshua, this is what God said through Moses. There you go. Listen, there's something about that for you as a believer. God has promises for you and it's your job to know them. It's your job to read his word, to find them out, and it's your job to be able to quote those promises. Why? Because I'll tell you right now, your faith is fueled by his promises. And so for you, you need to know God's promise of provision, God's promise of health, God's promise of comfort, God's promise of his presence, because that will fuel your faith. You should do the same thing that Caleb did. You should be ready to quote God's promise. Quote it to him. God, your word tells me this. And you can live out that blessing. Caleb had faith. Caleb had courage. But the cool thing is, is Caleb had a strength that matched both his faith and his courage. I want to read on with you because this is where Caleb just, he just gets more awesome. Are you ready for this? Now then, he's still talking to, to uh Joshua. He's got his speech ready. Just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. And this is where I said in the morning services, old guys rule, right? Okay, there ain't any old guys here, so that's fine, but just follow me. And verse 11 is my favorite because it says this I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Come on, don't you want to be like that when you're 85? Let's go. Bring it on. I'm ready to go. I want to fight a battle. I just think this is so profound and so amazing and heroic that this 85-year-old man is standing there and saying, I can still do it. God saw has a plan for me. Now listen, any picture you have in your mind of an 85-year-old man, you gotta throw it out because that was not Caleb. For whatever reason, God supernaturally sustained this guy and man, he said, like it's been like 45 years and I'm the same as I was when I went into the land. That was something supernatural that God did. He was not self-deceived. He had been given strength from God. His muscles, his joints, his bones, they all radiated the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? And listen, I can't promise you that you're not gonna grow old. Because I'd be a liar. Because I can feel it in my bones, right? But here's the thing I would pray for you about. I would pray that you would experience spiritually the same thing that Caleb experienced physically. That you, as long as you live, as long as you walk this earth, would experience the strength of God in your spirit. The the strength of God that renews you. That's why the Bible says, if I wait on the Lord, I'll renew my strength. I'll mount up with wings like eagles. I'll run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. Why? Why? Because there is a spiritual strength available to me that brings renewal to my life on the daily. And that is so powerful. So Paul said it this way. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That's the plan of God for you. And that's part of the story of Caleb. It was this heroic strength that beat within him. And for some of you, you need faith today to say it again. God's not done with my life. The plan of God hasn't even got started for me. I'm still ready to go. I feel God's strength within me. And so, yes, Caleb had faith. He had courage. He had strength. But Caleb also believed that his greatest impact was still ahead of him. And if he can believe that at 85, you can believe that tonight. That your greatest impact is still ahead of you. It's still in front of you. I want you to sense that. And this is what hope looks like. You know? Hope is looking forward with expectation. And that's what Caleb was doing. He had this great sense that there was still something for him to do. So listen to the 85-year-old and be challenged, be inspired, be encouraged by what he says next. So he says to Joshua, Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. Those are the giants, by the way. But... The Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. I am so confident in the promise of God. I'm 85 years old and I'm ready to slay some giants. Bring it on. Man, this is a made-for-TV movie right here. I think, I think this is fantastic right here. You know, I'll do the most difficult job. Just give me the opportunity. You know, if you know anything at all about warfare you know that whoever has the higher ground has the advantage. And so Caleb says, you know what? With God's help, I'm gonna go after the big guys who have the advantage, and I'm gonna go after them in the hill country where they have the advantage. But with God's help, I'm gonna win. He was saying, give me the most difficult task. Give me the hardest possible task because God is with me. Where did this confidence come from? It came from what he saw since He stood on the border waiting to go into the nation. In those 40 years of wandering, you know what God did? God did so much. And then when they crossed over, what did God do? The Bible says that he he caused the Jordan to dry up, and they walked through on dry ground. And then they marched around Jericho, and the walls fell And then these five kings got together with this massive army and they came out against them and they defeated them. And part of the defeat was when God sent hailstones down on those five kings and destroyed them. And you know what's the most amazing thing? Was that Caleb was there when the sun stood still for a whole day. Caleb was there when the sun never set. And so because of that, he could say with great confidence, those giants bring him on. I've seen what God can do. I've seen his faithfulness. And Caleb was an 85-year-old giant slayer. And so here's the story. In chapter 15, verse 14, it says, from Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the sons of Anak. These were legendary giants, warriors that everyone feared. They're like Goliath and David. And yet here it is, an 85-year-old giant slayer. Why? Because he was wholly devoted to God wholly devoted to God. You guys liking this story? It's a pretty amazing story. And here's what I can say with great confidence. I asked it as a question this morning, but I think it's more of a statement for you tonight. It is more than possible that the most significant thing to be said about you is yet to be said. There's something lying ahead for you. So keep hope alive, Keep hope alive. Keep looking forward with anticipation, believing that the greatest impact of your life is still to come. And maybe like Caleb, you've got some giants to slay. You've got some insecurities. You've got some fears. You've got some doubts. You've got some complacency. You've experienced some criticism. Well, that's just the stuff that giants are made of, but God's made you a giant slayer, just like Caleb. So here's the deal. Caleb's life proves that wholehearted devotion to God is anything but boring. When I first set out to write this message, I recognized the theme right away, devotion. And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to preach a message on being devoted to God, and the church will sleep while I share it. Because at first glance, it's like, awesome, devotion, Two thumbs up, really commendable, super boring. But I want you to know when we look at the life of Caleb, his heroism is based on the fact that every time it was mentioned about, every time he shows up, so does this idea of devotion. Caleb's hallmark was his devotion. And although that might not seem very exciting, I want you to know Caleb's story is not about a guy who sat in a monastery. It's not about a guy who would sing hymns in the corner somewhere. This was about a guy who acted on his faith and lived one of the most adventurous lives that the Bible has ever recorded. Listen, he saw a nation born. He saw the conception of a nation and then he saw it be born. He saw miracles of God again and again and again. And for 40 years he fought evil. If that's not a superhero, I don't know what is. Caleb's life was awesome. A life of adventure. And here's what I want you to remember. If you commit your life, if you devote your life wholly to God, he'll take you on the greatest adventure you could ever experience. Man, I believe that with all my heart. I've lived it. I've lived it. My life has been one great adventure with the Lord. I'm still yet to slay a giant, but I've had my battles. I've seen God come through. And more than that, I've had the most amazing adventures. I've gone to the most amazing places. I've seen the most amazing people. I've gone places I'd never dreamt of. Why? Because when you give your life to God, he says, what's in your heart? Let's do it. Because God purifies those desires and uses them for his glory. So here's your question. What stands in the way of your wholehearted devotion? Man, maybe you know it right away. Maybe just hearing the question, you go, that's it. But maybe not. You see, because I felt like God said to me, share four thoughts about this. And for some of you, one of these four thoughts is really gonna resonate. And you're gonna go, yeah, that's it. But for some of you, you already know God's speaking to you specifically and directly about your life But here's four things that God wants to illuminate for us, things that possibly are standing in the way of your wholehearted devotion. The first one is this. Maybe you just feel stuck. You feel stuck in a bad relationship, stuck in an addiction, stuck living for the money or living for the thrill. And I want you to know you're just one decision away from a completely different life. Maybe you're in a place where you feel unqualified. You know, you just feel like, I don't know enough. Maybe you feel like you've made too many mistakes. Somehow you feel disqualified. Maybe you just feel too broken or too wounded. Maybe that's the story. Maybe there's just a pain in your heart and you just feel like, because of this brokenness, I'm disqualified. But I want you to know, God's not afraid of your brokenness. God's not afraid of your weakness. God's not afraid, God's not insecure even though you are. And God wants to use you. And I want you to know that God takes broken pieces and uses them beautifully when we hand them over to him. For some of you, it's grief. You're grieved by what happened in your life. Someone really hurt you. There's wounds in the past. Maybe you, you had a person that you really cared about that you lost, or you had a, a season that was really precious and now it's over. Maybe you had a dream or a job goal and it's been shattered. Maybe you had an educational plan that just didn't pan out, or maybe even after your education you were left without that job. But sometimes what happens it, for us in grief is grief becomes a cycle that we get stuck in. And I talk to one of our congregants and she said something to me that was so powerful, this is what she said. She said, I had to learn to put my grief to death. Isn't that interesting? You see, because if you think about the life of Caleb, when he stood on the edge of the promised land and he had to turn back for 40 years, can you imagine the grief? God, can't I go in? I have faith. I'm saying we can but now I have to go back for 40 years. Can you imagine the grief, the pain? And then in those 40 years, every one of his peers dies. Can you imagine the layers of grief? And so he could have stayed in 40 years of grief, but instead he chose to live for 40 years believing the promise of God. And I want you to know, For some of you, what you have to do in order to step into your wholehearted devotion is put your grief to death, to believe for a Caleb spirit that chooses to live for what still lies ahead no matter how old you are or no matter what you have faced. And the fourth thing is fear. Fear. Some of you are sitting there and say, Andy, great talk, but it's too risky to go all in with God. Can I just say to you, my response, I can't even begin to tell you how risky it is to not go in all the way with God. The plan of God is too good. The purpose of God for your life is too amazing. God wants to give you courage. He wants to give you faith. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you hope so that you can slay the giant of fear. So what is it for you? Do you already know? Or is it, are you stuck? Do you feel unqualified? Are you suffering with grief? Are you paralyzed by fear? Let's let God set us free tonight to be wholly devoted to Him. Let me pray with you. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And as you do, I want you to reflect on this thought. You see, Caleb is a picture of Jesus. Absolutely a picture of the one who defeats evil and claims its territory. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He defeated what holds you back and claimed its territory, not only for himself, but for his kingdom, which includes you. And I want you to understand that living wholly devoted today means giving your all to Jesus and to his kingdom. And he's calling to you. He's calling to you. Because a life of devotion is a fearless life. It's an adventurous life. It's a fulfilling life. It's an eternal life. And listen, the world is full of half-hearted people and their stories are never told. But as I close, let me ask you this. What could God do with your life if you were fully devoted to him? you know what I say? I say, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's go all in with Jesus. So God, I pray in Jesus' name for that one who's saying, man, God, I know exactly what it is. I need strength. I need courage. Lord, I feel stuck. God, give me the strength to make that decision, to break away. God, I feel unqualified. Lord, give me faith to believe that you have more for me. God, I I suffer with grief. Lord, show me the path to healing and to putting my grief to death. Lord, I'm paralyzed by fear. But today, although it's risky, Give me courage, give me faith, give me strength, give me hope to slay the giant of fear in my life. So together, God, we say, together we declare, we are wholly devoted heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' awesome name, amen.